We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, we got a lot to talk about. First and foremost, another Chicago Bulls win over the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night. Bulls win 131-117. Game didn't feel that close. It's the Bulls' fifth straight victory, which means it's the fifth. First time in Zach Levine's career, he's won five straight games. Remember, he came into the season never having a four-game winning streak. Oh, yeah, they haven't got. Now he's got a five-game winning streak. We're going to keep saying this every time the Bulls <laughs> go on a longer winning streak. It's also the third time in the last four games the Bulls have dropped one thirty plus offensively. The Bulls, I haven't checked the rankings today, but coming into the game, they were top five in the league in offensive efficiency. Uh, that's where we sort of expected them to be in a best case scenario coming into the season. The Bulls are now there and everything is going well at the moment for the team. Uh, but first and foremost, Jace, we got to talk about a minor transaction that made a big impact, at least in our little corner <laughs> of the Bulls fandom sphere yesterday. The Bulls got a hardship signing after Marco Simonovic went into health and safety protocol and they used it to pick up none other than the namesake <laughs> of our podcast, Jordan Bell. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. And naturally right after that happened, the cash considerations jokes were flying from everywhere uh, at us. Got a lot of Twitter ads on that. We had people who just been following the bulls for a while. And obviously since the beginning of this rebuild, if you somehow forgot, uh, after the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler, they also traded the number 38th pick for what 3.5 million of cash considerations at the start of a rebuild. Uh, a lot of people like Jordan Bell coming out. It, that wasn't even about like Jordan Bell. Uh, he just was kind of the player name to the whole the whole thing. Just trading. You're at the start of a rebuild. You just made a trade for. You just traded Jimmy Butler. Uh, thank God Zach Levine's awesome now because otherwise the Jimmy Butler trade would have been a total total disaster. 
Zach's awesome now, so that's cool. But like you, you got like no assets out of that trade besides Zach, no like draft pick assets. Uh, and then you go out and you trade your second round pick because they said like their board had dried up. Sender to the Warriors, I believe. It ends up being Jordan Bell, who Jordan Bell has not been very good. He, uh, I think, he won a ring or two with the Warriors, but he never got that many minutes. Uh, he's been kind of bouncing around all over the place. I doubt he'll actually play for the Bulls. I mean, maybe he will. Uh, seems to be pretty similar to a guy like Tyler Cook, who also had like a million ridiculous dunks last night. But uh, just hilarious that Jordan Bell has come back to where it all began uh, with the, the cash considerations trade. What, one of the reasons why we picked the name of this podcast, as you mentioned, uh, just kind of a funny, hilarious thing. Gave us time to make some jokes. Obviously, we are moved way past that now. And we're not changing this name, of course, this podcast, now that the Bulls are actually good and we're not complaining and bitching about bad front office moves now. But uh, just a funny little hilarious, hilarious moment there yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I saw some people tweeted us that like, well, Ricky and Jason need to speak for the fact that Jordan Bell never mounted to much as an NBA player. So it didn't matter that the Bulls sold the pick. The reason that we got so upset at that time is because the Bulls said they their draft board had dried up. You had the 38th pick in the draft. You had a top 40 pick. Did they only scout 30 guys, 35 guys? And there were some decent players drafted after I Dylan Bell. Brooks, right? I think went after in the 40s. I think he's Dylan the big one. Yeah. Went after. Monte Morris went after. Uh, Damian Dotson went after. Like, there were a few guys. And the point is, after you trade your best player and you go into a rebuild, you take a chance on a guy who could maybe help you. And guess what? The Bulls had the worst record in the league for the next four seasons after that trade. So uh, I understand, like, you know, if you if you take someone who sucks with a fifth pick, do you say, well, I guess they should have just, you know, not even made a selection with the fifth pick? No, you always try. So that's why we got so mad about Jordan Bell back in the day. But now, Jason, they have Jordan Bell and Jerry Reinsdorf has an extra three million dollars in his pocket. <laughs> and his Bulls fans, I think we can all agree that's what it's all about. As long as Jerry Reinsdorf has a couple extra milli in his pockets, we're happy. Uh, I was at the game last night, Jason. That was my third was game it? of the year. Yeah. I uh, also went to the first Knicks game. It was the first Bulls oh, yeah. loss of the year. Yeah. Rosen missed the shot at the end. And I was at the Hornets game when uh, Levine, Vooch, and DeRozan were all balling. So this was my third game. Super fun. I had a couple friends in from out of town. Uh, so we met up at Billy Goat before the game. Nice. Now, obviously, with all of the... Uh, COVID stuff going around. Definitely had a little bit of reservations about going to the game and getting some burgers beforehand. But you know what? Definitely seems like a sort of a when, not if we're all going to get COVID <laughs> at this point. So, you know, I was wearing two masks. I tried to keep my uh, keep my distance from my friends. Of course, when you're actually in the stadium, you're, you're crammed, <laughs> you're in, crammed like, in. We were in the 300 level. All right. Quick aside. Bolts tickets are insanely expensive right now. We got the cheapest tickets and they were 120 bucks for 300 level seats. I had a couple friends buy tickets to the Warriors game, which I'm like, I'm not going to that. Those those cheap tickets are like 200 plus. Those are one. I'm I'm actually probably going to be going to that. I've been looking at it for a while. I think I'm going to go with a few friends as well. Those are yeah, they're 179 right now for the absolute highest in the 300 level. And just just let me get on my soapbox here. What kills me yeah. is that. The fees just crush you. Oh, yeah. Right. So, uh, you know what? Like they might be 
90 bucks each and then you end up paying 120 each and then we were thinking about selling them as covid started getting really bad and when you sell them they take a big chunk of your money when you sell them too so <laughs> i don't know man soapbox this Get on is that something soapbox. that just gets me upset you know but <laughs> really anyways, it games. was really really fun to go to the game it was fun to go to billy goat the one right next to the united center yep. before the game i love too. the Have billy goat beers, get some burgers yeah. uh they got all the old newspapers on the wall Classic, uh, you know, sometimes Tribune bar back in the day, at least at the other location. So that was really fun. Uh, and then the game itself, just dude, the Bulls, I ha- I have tweeted this before. They have to lead the league in cool plays. There were so many memorable moments from the game. How about Tyler Cook just yeah. dunking the shit out of the ball? Of, yeah. Every opportunity. Everyone's asking me, who is this guy? Well, he was a really good Big Ten player back in the day. A couple of years ago, he was the best player on Iowa or the second best player on Iowa. Uh, I don't know if he was a first team all Big Ten selection or what like his actual accolades were. But essentially what Tyler Cook is, is a 6'8" traditional power forward who dunks the hell out of the ball every time he gets an opportunity. And, uh, you know, you saw Kobe white feed him off a few nice passes yesterday. Kobe, great game, 12 assists. I don't know if that's Kobe's career high. Maybe, maybe I think someone said he had 13, but I thought like, I, I have to go back and watch. I think someone said 13 against the Clippers in a, a game, either a year or two ago, I have to go back and like, watch like those 13 assists, but like, the passes Kobe was making like weren't just like simple like you can rack up assists whatever picking simple pick and roll plays where like guys are just hitting shots and the Bulls obviously they shot fucking sixty two percent they hit a lot of shots but like Kobe was making some like sick reads and like advanced stuff I know the one big dunk that Cook had Kobe hit him on a little pocket pass off the screen and roll Cook sort of like contorted his body I think he finished it with the left that was a nice pass by Kobe yeah. and that like is growth for Kobe. I yeah. think like something he, had, he couldn't have done at the beginning of his career. Yeah. He had the one where, and I think our guy Laro tweeted, and I think I saw some other people tweeting it where he, this was more, I think in the fourth quarter, he drove left and then did like the left wrap around to the opposite wing to Matt Thomas, who then dribbled in from the three point line, hit a jumper. I mean, just that, the, the wraparound kind of stuff with the, with his off hand, like that's sick stuff, like right on the money, right in the pocket. And that's the kind of stuff I feel like we've like never seen from him. So to, for that kind of stuff to happen, and what was really nice as well is like he was struggling with the shooting at first. He ended up having like a pretty nice shooting game. I think he had 17 on like six of 14, three of nine from three. Not great, but like that's a de- decent shooting game. He was like bad to start. I think he started one of six from three. Uh, and was, I can't remember what his, his overall numbers were. But like uh, when he's pl- like, the big thing with him, we've talked about is that he like he's not a guy who can make an impact on the game when he's shooting poorly. This game, he was playing great despite shooting poorly. That's like a huge Huge step in the right direction for him, uh, was we have we've seen him the point guard thing failed last year as a starting point guard, uh, and I don't think I don't think he'll ever be like a like big time starting point guard. But to see that kind of come out of nowhere last night, uh, that all the all the playmaking and all the sick passing. I know the Hawks are shorthanded. The Hawks are a bad defensive team. They're missing a ton of guys. Still making those kind of reads against even if it's against bad defenses. Like that was just really nice to see, and hopefully that'll be a nice he'll be able to build off that. Uh, and continue to gain more confidence. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and Kobe started again as he has been the last few games with Lonzo and Crusoe out. Uh, and it was the starting unit that really changed this game. This was a two-point game with five minutes left in the second quarter, Jason. Then the Bulls go on a massive run, go into halftime with a 74-53 to lead when it was like 50-48 with five minutes yeah. left in the second. So they closed super strong. It was with the starters in there. Uh, and, you know, I think that this game will mostly be remembered for all the role players who stepped up, like this was not a game where they really needed Zach and I mean DeRose Zach. Zach just had an easy twenty-five. Effortless, like, so yeah. effortless. Had the three-sixty dunk there at yeah. the end. But what stood out to me about this game was like, how about Javante? Fourteen yeah. points, four or five shooting, made numerous defensive plays, finished with three stocks. Had the one dunk in the first quarter that was basically like a. Like maybe I'm, I want to call it a 360, but it was probably more of a 180 because that had the 360 <laughs> at the end of the game. But he had a really nice dunk in the first quarter. Uh, got another big dunk, I think maybe in the second or the third. So he had a solid game. And then Io, I mean, we just sing Io's praises every single game, but the guy deserves it. This was one of his best games. He shoots six of seven from the field, finishes with 14 points, blocked Trey Young twice, had a steal. Io continues to look terrific. We already mentioned Tyler Cook. He had a nice game, five of six shooting from the floor, 10 points, all of the dunks for Tyler Cook. And uh, I guess we should give a shout out. We even got Matt McClung's first points, NBA points. (laughs) Matt McClung's first NBA points. Matt Thomas hit a three. Yeah. Everyone was getting in. Derrick Jones Jr. was back. And Derrick Jones Jr. tried to commit murder. I can't remember who it was uh, in that fourth quarter at the very end. Almost absolutely annihilated a guy. Got fouled going up for a dunk. I just, just it, it was just a super fun game for sure. Awesome. And had to be awesome Vooch game. 20 boards. Yeah. And I thought 20. Vooch's defense was very good. Like you would think the Hawks would be a team that would give Vooch a lot of trouble, right? Because Trey could kind of single him out in the pick and yeah. roll. And those sort of slow defensive centers are the type of guys Trey and the other best point guards in the league traditionally cook. But Vooch was incredibly active. I thought he was playing a little closer to the level of the screen. Ends up with three steals, a block, 20 rebounds, 17 of them on the defensive end. Uh, he also shot eight of 14 from the floor, and that's he was eight of 11 from two point range. He, yeah. he went over three from three. So good to see Vooch uh, be making his close in shots and just a great all around team performance. Like, I was a little scared about this game, I guess. I guess I'll mention this too. I put some money on it. So I'm like, man, this ticket's expensive. Let's like try to win back the it was money. Minus eight, here. nine. Uh, it was like minus that. seven and a half. Oh, okay. And I was a little worried about it in the second quarter. I'm like, ah, I, I don't know. And then they just stepped on the gas. They ran him off the floor and all around good vibes for the Bulls. So yeah. uh, 12 games over 500 right now, Jace. 22 and 10. Yep. Yeah. 22 and 10. One game behind the Brooklyn Nets. 
for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Wild stuff, wild stuff for the Chicago Bulls so far this year. And uh, it ain't no fluke, man. This team is absolutely legit. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, yeah, that, I didn't I missed the first quarter of the game. I turned it. I went, flipped it on. I saw it was 38, 36 at the end of one. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I saw Illini legend Malcolm Hill hit like three threes in the first quarter. I was like, OK, him and big Illini game with him and Io showing out. And then, like you said, stepping on the gas and they like, like almost literally stepped on the gas because that second quarter, it was basically the Hawks had like no turnovers in the first quarter. Second quarter, I think they had five or six. Every single time a turnover, Bulls running the other way, even off off missed baskets, Bulls running the other way. They just they literally like ran them out of the gym, basically, in that with that big run in the second quarter. Uh, and it was just showtime. He's dunks all over, fast breaks all over. Uh, I really like the IO like step back three, and they had like a fast break awesome. going. He could have taken a little mid-range shot. Instead, he stepped back in the corner and buried a three-pointer. That was awesome. Uh, like I said, just dunks everywhere. The Zach 360, the Tyler Cook violent dunks. Derek Jones Jr. tried the big dunk. I think Io, I Kobe, did Kobe have a dunk? I feel like Kobe and Io might have had dunks. So just dunks everywhere. Fast break points. They had 31, they had 22 fast break points in the first half, 31 fast break points for the game. Like that, and that's just a ridiculous amount. And that's without Lonzo Ball playing. He's always a catalyst of that kind of stuff. You, you mentioned Vooch almost with a 2020 night playing well against Clint Capella and, de- and decently against Trey Young. The Io blocks. I saw a lot of uh, memes going around. Uh, uh, around about Io and Trey Young, like being his daddy, even though Trey Young did have a really nice game, they just had like nobody else. I saw Trey complaining about not getting the or this game not getting postponed because they're missing so many guys. They were missing a ton of guys. Cam Reddish didn't do much in this game, which he had a huge game, which helped keep the other night close. But yeah, this was just a super super fun game, just a nice easy game because like they uh, like they easily like could have. I mean, letdowns, but it's just nice to see them not having letdown games. There's their offense is killing it. They're blowing. They're beating these teams rather handily. And it's really nice to see going into the new year. Uh, that's where we're going to wrap it up here. We just want to do something really quick uh, with this fun Hawks game since Ricky was there. And then with the uh, Jordan Bell news, wanted to get a quick little emergency pot out before the new year. Uh, as we mentioned last pod, go check out our last pod as well. We go into deep, a lot more stuff about Zach. Uh, Demar, Vooch, Kobe, I, all that fun stuff. Go, please go check that out. Again, reminder, Bulls finish up 2021 at Indiana. That's, I believe, like a 2 p.m. Chicago time start on New Year's Eve. Then they go right on New Year's Day. They play in Washington, the nation's capital. They play the Wizards. That's a tough little game here. Give me one win out of these two. I mean, well, obviously, I would love to see them win both. You give me one, I'll, I'll take it. Get to 23 and 11, whatever. 24 and 10 would be awesome, but uh, the Bulls are rolling right now. They're a ton of fun going into this new year. And uh, let's hope to- the 2022 goes as well as the end of 2021 has been going. Ricky, you got anything else? We could wrap this up. Not much, man. If they can uh, go 2-0 and against Indiana and Washington. That'd be pretty here, impressive, I think. They got a chance for potentially a 10-game winning streak because they got Orlando. They got Washington again. They got Dallas. And then January 12th, home against Brooklyn on a Wednesday night. That's an ESPN game. One of the few Bulls national TV games of the year. So uh, that's going to be really fun. And, you know, let's let's keep pushing it. Zach, we never had a four-game winning streak. Let's get him his first 10-game winning streak while we're at it. Going to be difficult, definitely, just given the schedule with at Indiana and then the next night at Washington. This will be five and seven nights, too. It'll be tough. I think these games are going to be tough. It'll be tough. It'll be tough, but the way the Bulls are locked in right now and the way that they seem like pretty well rested on back-to-backs, they've won their last couple back-to-backs coming off the COVID delay. So, uh, you know, there's really not 
much reason to doubt this team right now. They are looking really, really good. I still want to see them play the Bucks, Jason. They haven't played the Bucks, yeah. and they don't play them until January 21st. That is a really late first meeting yeah, in the year for a divisional opponent. But uh, you know, everything else right now is that, looking really. That's going to be a big, big stretch of games. There, you mentioned the, the the Nets on the 12th, and they play the Warriors on the 14th. I think they play the Cavs like right after that. Then they got the Bucks there in January 21st. So that's going to be a fun little stretch of tough games there with a really good tough matchup against these teams. So that'll, so that'll be fun. That could be one of Kyrie's, I, I don't know, one of his first games back or maybe even his first game back two weeks from now. I don't know if he'll be ready by then or if he'll come back before then. So that could be uh, really fun. It'll be interesting. So uh, we'll wrap it up here again. Happy New Year's to everybody. As always, uh, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, please go check out all the other great pods across the Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Once again, Happy New Year, everybody. Let's hope these Bulls vibes stay strong going into 2022. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.